or to correct. I think all of us know that we can adjust and correct some things. And uh, there's some things that God, I believe, wants to speak to us this morning. And, and uh, dads, uh, you're awesome. And I know that you may not feel awesome right now, but I know that you have awesome in you. And so hopefully uh, this message will be an encouragement to you, and not only for you, but everyone here, I believe, will walk away with some things that they can apply in their life and be able to put into practice. Uh, Amen? Amen. Uh, I I read something this week I thought was pretty humorous that I wanted to bring to you. Uh, One evening, there was a little girl and her parents, they were sitting around the table eating supper, and, and the little girl said, Daddy, you're the boss, aren't you? And uh, her daddy smiled, pleased, and, and said, yes. And then the little girl continued and said, that's because mommy put you in charge, right? <laughs> Isn't that right? Isn't that how it is? We're the boss because mommy says we're the boss. And so I just thought, hey, let's, start it. let's just start this out uh, with a little humor. Life is messy. I was talking to somebody just recently, a uh, great couple, golly, just... Uh, Matter, matter of fact, they would be the model couple, model parents, model ministers uh, in every way, just model friends, been uh, friends with uh, myself and my wife for years and years and years, and yet they found themselves after many, 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 many years in ministry, uh, they found themselves uh, just really, really hurt and got uh, uh, went through something that I, I don't wish on anybody. And, uh, and one of the statements that I made to them is that life is messy. Uh, you know, we all have storms. All of us go through storms. And dads, uh, whether where you are with your uh, parenting or not is your fault or not. Uh, it, it's just life is messy even when you try to do your best. Uh, it just it just gets messy. Uh, there's just things that happen, things that you don't calculate, that you don't you 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 just you're going through life and just life happens. It really does. It gets messy, and so I just really want to speak into your life and and really encourage you and and to go forward and 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 to just recalibrate where you need to recalibrate and and get on course. Maybe you've gotten off course and you almost given up because of. Uh, maybe you've made such a big mess. And I'm here to tell you, with God, there's not anything impossible that it's not too late. It really isn't. And, uh, and so just know that we all have issues. You have issues. I have issues. We all have issues. Even you that think that you don't have issues have issues. And if you think you don't have an issue, that's your issue, right? And so we all have issues. And, uh, and, and so every one of us, uh, every one of us are going to get off course. We're going to do something. We're going to say something. We're going to make wrong decisions. And once again, uh, let me just say, if we could go back and have a, a do-over, we would do it over. And, and I've, I like to say it this way, that every one of us are immature in several areas of our life. And we, uh, we're all growing. Jesus Christ is our example. He's, he's the one that we're trying to be like. Hopefully, that's what Christian means, to be Christ-like. And so if you're constantly growing, that means you're making decisions today based on some immaturity in your life. Now, thank God that we have matured in many areas, but there's still areas in our life that we're immature in. In our decision-making, you're making the best decision that you know to make today. 
But because from a year from now, because you're smart and because you're growing and you're meditating the Word of God, you're applying yourself to the principles of God, the values of God, and all, all of God's ways, you're applying yourself to God's Word. From a year from now, you'll look back and say, well, I wouldn't make that decision ever again. Because why? You've matured in that area. And so just know that you're going to need to recalibrate throughout life. And you've got this. You can move forward. You can, I don't care if your children are already grown and, and none of them are living for God. You, you've got this. you still got this. There's still some things that you can do that I believe will make a big difference in the lives of your children. And so we need to just understand that we need to be growing all the time. And not, when I say growing, I mean I'm talking about growing up, not growing apart. We need to not grow apart from God or His ways or from our children or whoever. We need to grow up and we need to mature and, and be able to experience what God has for us to experience. So what do we need to recalibrate? If I said, you know, you've got this, what do we need to recalibrate? The first thought I want to give you today, in order to, in, in order to get on course, stay on course, be on course, we need to recalibrate our values. It's so important that we have right values in our life. It's so easy to start valuing the wrong things in life. And, and that can happen to anybody. The Bible tells us that we're to set aside every sin and every weight that so easily ensnares. It's so easy for us to go through life and we begin to value things that we think that are important to us. And we begin to, uh, we, we begin to shape our life around those values, whether it's, whether it's a, a, a profession, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a, a, some type of activity in our life or whatever. We begin to value those things higher than we value what God would have us value. And it's very easy to t- take place. I, I, I meet people all the time and, you know, people's what I'm involved in, right? Uh, one pastor said it this way, ministry would be great if there was no people in it. It's like there would be no ministry if there was no people, right? And so people, you know, it, it just amazes me. Uh, and I remember being there. And so I'm not critical over younger people, but it's amazing how much young people know. And how smart they are and how wise they are. Isn't that right? And I remember being there as a young minister, and I thought I knew a whole lot. And it's like, man, I was, and I, the reason is, is I'm passionate. I've, I, be, I became a student of God's Word, and, and still am. And I'm a lifelong student, and I'm a self-feeder, and I feed myself all the time. And it's important that every one of you feed yourself. That you not just get fed once a week. And, and for some people, the average church attender attends church every third week. Isn't that horrible? So for some, they're only getting fed every third week. But we need to be a self-feeder. And so I, I, I began to grow, 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 grow when I came into the things of God. And I remember I thought I knew a lot. And then I went to Bible school and I found out how much I didn't know. I realized that I didn't know hardly anything. And from that point on, I made, I made a determination that I was going to be a student for life 
And I, re- I recognize, and I recognize it more so even today, more than ever, the more that I begin to know, the more that I know, the more that I grow in God, the more I see that I don't know because God is so massive. He's so massive. He knows so much more than we. And so I, I begin to grow, and I, I, I meet up with uh, young people all the time, and they, uh, especially young, fired-up ministers and and man, you, you, it's, they're hard to even talk to sometimes. And one thing that I determined a long time ago, too, that I was going to be a person of humility and I'm going to be humble. And I'm still every day speak that not only over me, but our team and our church, that we're a church of humility, that we are humble people because humble people can grow. Prideful people do not. They, risk, they will not. They resist growth because they know it all. And so, so I'm preaching this message. You be quiet there. <laughs> my mother. I love my mother. <clears throat> Where am I going with this? Is that that we begin to? I, and I learned a long time ago. As much as I do know, uh, there's still I can get off course. And I can, I, be, I can begin to value the wrong things in life. And I have to go back to what God's word says and, and see what is really, truly valuable in, uh, to God. And what's valuable to God ought to be valuable to me. Uh, let me give you a scripture. It's uh, found in Proverbs, uh, it's Proverbs 22.6. It says, Dedicate your children to God. And point them. I'm, lead, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. Matter of fact, I'm going to read all today out of the Passion Translation. It's a pretty cool translation. I, uh, it says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should, they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Amen. Your values, recognize it or not, will be passed on to your children. What you value, they value. And if you value, uh, uh, you know, if you value the things of God, then they're going to value the things of God. Whatever you value in life will be passed on. And so what I want to do today is I just want to, I don't have long with you this morning. I haven't preached in a while, so you, you know, my tendency is to want to take a little bit of extra time and, and preach. We had a couple of guest speakers over the past couple of weeks and and uh, But I, I was thinking about this. You know, values, they do a lot of things. Values create culture, the culture that we, uh, we, we get to enjoy. And I'm not going to get into that, but your values will create the environment that you live in. Your values will do a lot of different things. But you need to communicate to your children that they're a value. I don't care what age they are. You know, my grandchildren... Uh, I, I, if you see me around my grandchildren, and you know that that they love me, they run to me, they they hug me, they kiss me, they love me. I and the reason I believe is because I they know I value them. I'm constantly communicating how valuable they are. I remember even when my son, when he was young, and and the same with my son. Now he doesn't kiss all over me anymore. He is 35 years old. But we hug each other every day. 
and we see each other pretty pretty much every day of our lives and and uh you know I, we're constantly communicating our love for one another every day every time we meet love you or every time we leave each other love you we're always communicating that but i began to communicate how much i valued him from a very young age i remember you know how children are they they can manipulate if you, you know, some of you, you're, they're manipulating you all the time, and you just let them get away with it. Now, there are times where you need to let them get away with it. And there are times where you need to say, no, we ain't going there. But I remember my son would do this often. It was time, he had a bedtime, he had a, a bedtime uh, that we put him to bed, and, and it seemed like at bedtime he always wanted to talk. And, and you know what I did? I never said, son, I, and, and man, I, I'm a worker. That's one of the things that I value. I value hard work. I believe that you need to work hard. I believe that you need to, you, if you're going to live this life, you give your all to it. If you're going to live for God, you give your all to it. And uh, and so at the end of the day, I'm I'm spent. I really am spent every day. I don't think there's a day that I that goes by that I'm not spent. And um, And so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, close the close the book and move on. And and he would want to talk, and you, I wouldn't get mad. You know what I would do? I'd say, let's talk. And so, as long as he wanted to talk, I would talk. As long as he wanted my ear. Now I knew he just wanted to continue to stay up, for the most part. But you know, at the same time, I was I was communicating to him how valuable he was to me. And, and sometimes we don't realize how we're, how we're communicating to our children what's valuable or not. I remember one guy, I remember one guy ending his relationship, not ending it, trashing it, that's a better word, trashing his relationship with his kid because his kid uh, ran into his car by accident with his, uh, uh, with his bike and scratched the side of his car. He trashed that kid because he scratched his car. You know what he just communicated? That car is more valuable than you. Now, I don't feel guilty if you've done something like that. I think in some cases we probably all have done something like that. But we've got to watch what we're communicating, what's valuable to us. It will, it, because what, what's valuable to us will be, be passed on to what's valuable to our kids. We need to be valuing the things of God. Secondly, we need to recalibrate not only our values, but we need to recalibrate our focus. Our focus. And so the second thing uh, that I want us to see here is that uh, your focus will determine your effectiveness. I thought about this. You know, without focus, uh, then anything goes. Without focus, the Bible says that we cast off restraint. As a matter of fact, I want to I give you two scriptures really quick. 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, it says this. It says, It is the greatest joy of my life to hear that my children are constantly living their lives in the ways of truth. In other words, they're, they're focused in on living God's truth. I love that. And it brings great joy. I know to me it brings great joy that my, my parents, uh, my parents, my son, my son is, uh, is living for God. Amen. 
and that he's parenting according to the things of God. And it just brings great joy. Why? Because focus. And I communicated that focus. The other scripture, Proverbs 29:18, it says, where there is no clear prophetic vision. I talked about prophecy this morning. No prophetic vision. People quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. When we have focus, when we have, you know what faith is? Faith is just focus. Faith is focus in on God's word. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing what? The word of God. And so you're focused, and, and so you're, 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 you're tuned in to what God wants you to do. But if there's no focus, then guess what? Anything goes. As a matter of fact, this is uh, that Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In, in the New King James, it says they cast off restraint. Another, one translation says they run wild. In, in here it says they wander astray. They just go any which way. And so we need, we need to be focused. And there's so much that I could say about that, but focus is something that people lack. They lack vision for their, they lack vision for their family. They lack vision for their life. And how do I know that? Because they're wandering. They're wandering in the wilderness, wandering here, wandering there, doing this, doing that, but they're not focused. And I'm going to tell you, uh, as parents, our lack of focus will affect our children. We need to be people of vision. I've always been a person of vision. Since I came into the things of God, it's like, God, whatever you want is what I want. And so I've gotten in his word. What's your word say? You know what a focus of mine is? A focus is to build the kingdom of God. It ought to be every Christian's focus, but it isn't. It isn't. Am I, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying it isn't. But it ought to be every Christian's focus. To build the kingdom of God. Why? Because we want as many people in the family of God as possible. We want everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to make sure that people are living the life that not only he has for them here, but the life that's to come. And by the way, this life, there's far too many, too many people put much, too much value on this life. This life is a vapor. It's going to be here for a time. We're just getting, honestly, I think this is just a, just a, a, a preparation for the life to come. Amen. It's, going to, it's here and it's gone. I'm, I cannot believe I'm 55. I know, I know. I don't look like it, but I, just, I cannot believe I got here so quick. So about a week, and that tells me in about two more weeks, I'm going to be about a hundred and whatever. And so, you know what? I'm sold out. My vision is to build his kingdom at whatever cost, whatever he says. If he said, sell it all. Go to a country where, where there's unreached people groups that are Primitive people and live in a tent, then let's sell it all and let's go. Yes. Let's do it because it doesn't matter. What matters is pursuing the vision that he has for our life. Amen? Amen? Third thing I want to give you is that you need to recalibrate your leadership. And 
And man, this is something that I wished uh, I had more time to spend on. But let me just give you Ephesians 4, 6, 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord. I love that. It says, bring them up in discipline. As I got to thinking and preparing for this, I got to thinking, you cannot bring somebody up in the disciplines of the Lord, in the things of God, if you're not a good leader. And what do I mean by that? If you're not leading yourself well, how can you lead your children well? If you're not good at leading your own life, how are you going to be good at leading somebody else's life? We've got to be people that are leading well, leading strong, leading ourselves well and strong. I think if you'll just lead yourself well and strong, everything else will just happen. You don't have to force it. You don't have to enforce it. It's just going to happen because you're leading yourself so well. And here's one thing that I know. I just know it because of the society that we live in. I know it because of what Scripture says in these last days is going to take place, is that there are going to be a lot of undisciplined people. People that have no discipline in their life. And let me tell you what discipline takes. It takes being focused in on God. Discipline is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so it's going to take, it's going to take focus in on God. Because you don't walk in the Spirit unless you're focused in on God. Come on now. Let me preach a little bit. And so we've got to lead ourselves well. And it, it just, it's so, it's so, um, it's so crazy how, how, how much we allow in our lives. And when I say we, I'm endeavoring not to. I'm saying you. I'm just joking. Don't look at me so serious. Uh, seriously. I'm just joking. Don't get mad at me. Let me finish preaching here. When I was, uh, I became a single parent. And uh, when my son was uh, four, three years old, four years old, right about there, and a single parent for six years until my my, uh, uh, Lord brought my wife to me. And and, uh, and during that time, there was, really, this is where God began to teach me on, the importance of my leadership is with raising my son, bringing him up, training him up in the things of God. And, uh, and it was during that time that uh, I remember one thing in particular that happened that really changed everything in my life. And I remember I, I, I was, I was, I've always been like this. I don't know why. I'm just like this. I, I, I'm either all in or all out. And so I've got to watch what I do. I, I you know, I, I, if, if some of you, you know my life. I'm, I'm very, very, very disciplined, and and uh, and I didn't get here overnight. It was one step at a time. And uh, and so, but I do know this is that anytime I I I do something, I usually do, overdo it because I just give my all in it. And so, uh, if it was drinking sodas, I drink too many sodas. When I was in the world and before I knew Christ and I was uh, an alcoholic, man, I, I drank a lot of alcohol. And when I did drugs, I did a lot of drugs. Because, you know, if you're going to sin, you might as well be a good sinner. 
And I think if you're going to be a Christian, you might as well be a good Christian. And so I remember uh, getting up one morning, and, and I went to the refrigerator, and, and I popped a, a soda, and I, was gonna, I started to drink it, and my son says, I want one. And I told him, why? I said, no, you can't have one. And he says, why not? You're having one. And I felt like the Lord from that moment on says, what's good for him, I mean, what's good for you is good for him. And I said, okay. From that point on, I gave up sodas. From that point on, I gave up coffee because I didn't want him drinking coffee. Now, I still don't drink coffee. He does. Now, that's his deal. But I chose to lead by leading myself first. And if we're going to be good leaders, we need to lead ourselves well so that we can lead others well. I can't tell him no when I'm sitting there doing something that I'm indulging in. And so if we want to be good leaders and be effective parents, then we're going to have to lead ourselves really, really well. Uh, Let me give you this last thought, and then I'm closing. Recalibrate your living. Recalibrate your living. And the reason I say this is that uh, kids do what they see, not what you tell them. More is caught than taught. They're looking at your actions. They're looking at your living. They're looking at the way that you, the, your decision making, the, the things that you do in your life, how you conduct yourself. How do you respond to people? What's your manner? doesn't mean that you're perfect, guys. I'm not trying to say that you need to be perfect because that, that's, that's not it. As a matter of fact, they're looking at your humility. When you blow it, are you quick to repent? Are you quick to apologize? Are you quick to uh, make, you know, I, I did that with my son all the time. I, I, anytime I'd make him, I do something is I was very, very quick to correct it if I did the wrong thing. It's like, son, please forgive me. That was wrong. So I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm just talking about how do you handle yourself when you even are imperfect? How, How do you handle that? What are they seeing in your life? What are they watching? And, uh, and how's it impacting their life? Because your decisions will impact their life. Psalm 37, 26 says, I found the godly ones to be generous ones who give freely to others. Their children are blessed and become a blessing. And let me tell you why they become a blessing, because we, re- we reproduce after our own kind, according to Genesis. And, and so we, we are going to re- reproduce in, in our children who we are. You've heard this say, I'll never be like my mom. I'll never be like my dad. And it's like they grow up and it's like, oh, my God, I became my mom or I became my dad. Isn't that true? And the reason is, is because the influence. The Bible says he who walks with wise will be wise. A companion of fools will be destroyed. Bible says watch your company, the company that you hang with, because it can ruin, it can corrupt good morals. How we live will impact those that are around us. And so I'm here to tell you that this is one of the probably the toughest things to preach is that, guys, we've got to give some things up. 
Let's go back to that scripture. That it, it talks about this. Let me, let me just go back to it. It says, I found the godly ones to be generous ones who give freely to others. And then it goes on to say, their children are blessed and become a blessing. Now, let me, let me tell you what your children are looking at. They're looking at what you're giving your life to. Now, we're all givers. The problem is, is that many people are giving themselves to selfishness. They're giving their lives to, to what appeases them, what pleases them. And this is one of the toughest things. I've been preaching this since we got here in Tyler, Texas, that you cannot live your life for yourself and expect different results, good results, great results, that you're going to have to give your life away in order to have God's best in your life. You cannot live a selfish life and think that you're going to have a blessed life. And your children are looking at you all the time, looking, and guess what they're seeing? They may not realize what data they're taking in and what they're gathering from you, but let me tell you, they're looking to see what you're giving your lives to because they're going to follow that. Is it for you? Is it for what you want, what you have, what, what you can get? You know, you, you and I have got to be disciplined people. Amen. Disciplined to give our lives away. Amen. He who holds on to his life will lose it. He who gives his life away will find it. How are you going to find it? Blessed by the Lord. Amen. Amen. And if I could say anything to you dads, if I could say anything that will make a difference in your lives, I would say, you've got this. You can do this. You just got to recalibrate and be willing to recalibrate. And if you'll recalibrate, you'll see not only will you be blessed, but your children after you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today.